appreciating. Machine learning. Executing. 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 Alright, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Hello and welcome you back to it. Damn it. Or shoot, I mean. <laughs> shoot is what I mean. I hope there are no children watching this. We're gonna have to bleep that out. <laughs> That's it, we're already There defunded. were children and they just ran out of the room crying. <laughs> because of the swearing. Hi. Welcome. This is Machine Learning, a pod about the machine. From Pod Against the Machine, the only podcast with a supplementary podcast with a 25-word title. I'm Izzy, and here's everyone. Hello. Hello. The waving works this time. Hello. Hello. Oh, no. <laughs> I couldn't even get my revenge. I'd like to waving. point out that we're on camera, but we all said hello audibly far faster than time. we ever have on the actual <laughs> For those at home, every episode, it's like a solid minute of silence after I As we just wave everybody. to each other. <laughs> and they all just stare know. at me dead-eyed. It's, we wave, it's really that's not quite true. menacing. <laughs> Alright, so we're starting with a recap or questions? Um, questions, I guess? Or no, the other questions, way. Questions, I guess. The other way <laughs> is what I meant. We usually to say. do the. We usually it's do the book three one. Let's do the opposite. <laughs> but yeah, let's see where caps up. Am I doing that too? <laughs> that's not gonna work. <laughs> if you want to start us off, I, I don't think that we need to, like, go episode by episode and break everything down in such um, intense detail because there are 62 of them. Do it. This is our extra live stream, 24 hours of detailing book three. (laughs) I would like 62 (laughs) detailed descriptions of our episodes. Izzy, you were prepared for this, right? Yikes. I mean, I'm happy to talk for 62 minutes, but if we we got defunded a minute ago, we're, well, yeah, we're gonna sink the whole pod this way. (laughs) Just 62 versions of reading my episode notes, some of which don't exist. We perfect. <laughs> I guess they weren't. Some of those just like one word. <laughs> occasionally. Occasionally there are no words. Sometimes there's just a funny joke and I'll write that down. And sometimes they're incredibly in depth. Uh, usually if we're eating at the Smith House. Oh, yeah. Which coincidentally, I think, is how <laughs> book three starts, isn't it? Look at that segue. Nice. Live segue. Flawless. Straight to the re- uh, the recap you're going to do, Sam. I'm not sure that it actually Straight does start with, into it. with dinner. It does now. <laughs> but and the first distinct chunk of book three is being back in Torch after returning from Scrapwall. And um, Torch has, you know, just a little technically gargoyle buddy. Just interviewing everybody and making copious notes and... Mayanda's gone. She's been hauled off to um, Starfall. And everybody, you know, is just generally pretty happy to have the big gargoyle Sazaduke hanging out and definitely not menacing anyone. I think the party broke into his cabin, right? Went through his stuff, <laughs> stole his paperwork, yeah. maybe? Yeah. Brixby definitely broke in there. That's right. I remember that. Did we all? No, I think, I think it was. Yeah, just I think the rest team. of us hung out mm-hmm. outside, yeah. right. like keeping to an eye out. A diversion. You uh, you abetted my crime. Here we go. Yes. 
There's a chance that the only recorded proselytizing that Asher ever even half-heartedly did was to Agron Most as a form of distraction <laughs> about all of the wrong he'd done by letting, like, you know, bad people like Sandville stay in his boarding house. <laughs> Poor guy. And then after Truly that... The villain. Oh, opening things on that side, computer. Whoa. Oh. I just saw text. There we go. It's the full recap. Words, words, words. Yeah, that's me opening the uh, <laughs> recap so I can follow along because it keeps auto-opening on everything on that side. And because Skype and uh, OBS don't play along, I have to capture the screen, not <laughs> just the window. And my computer's like, oh, you want to open everything on that side of the screen, right? Of course you do. Well, after the um, quick trip back to Torch, where I guess they also delivered Dinvaya um, to her old buddy, Joram Kite, and rekindled a, an ages lost romance. Um, Careless Whisper played several times. Which is allowed. Tim gave us approval. That's true. Tim said it's fine. And then, um, oh, yeah, the other big thing that happened in Torch is that one day they woke up and Vargas was gone. Yeah, I suppose that was kind of a big one. That's a non trivial <laughs> uh, bit of information. Vargas just took off and he told only Brixby, he told Brixby to lie about it, which was really quite nice yeah. of him. And he also lied to Brixby and said he would meet everybody up in town, lied to them about where I went, and then he left. Which, uh, and he not the nicest pod. thing to do. Yep, and you can still <laughs> yeah. find Vargas on uh, one of those other actual play podcasts that exists out there <laughs> that we can't name for He's legal chained reasons. up in the brig on one of the boats in the background on 25 North. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. <laughs> it just happens to show up one day, and ever nobody says a word about it. Is the ancient? Yeah, he's not actually on the pet. He's just like in the background, not mentioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's actually a video element to that pod, but it's very secret, and you can't normally see it. And he's just kind of like chained up in the background. Yeah. At some point, somebody sees like a 150 year old Khaled with a metal arm. That's so old. <laughs> Fifty-two, one hundred and fifty-two. Yeah, what it, what <laughs> that's said. what I said. But it's like Kellid years, so each Kellid yeah. year is three non-Kellid years. And to be fair, like, like Kellid years dollars. are like Tatooine years. Like, <laughs> like living in Numeria is not uh, not a way to grow old gracefully. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a hard life. Just ask the Ash Giants. Yeah, to bring it up, uh, Vargas uh, did, in fact, uh, leave the group. That was a decision partly on, uh, like, like he had died, like he was killed in one of the combats in book two, and uh, thankfully the book had thrown us a lifeline for, hey, if one of your characters dies, here's this scroll. Uh... So he was able to come back, but 
at time, especially with that character and what kind of I had in mind for what I want him to do next. It made more sense to me at least, and I did talk with uh, Sam about it some, to basically have him uh, go on this kind of journey that's been kind of slowly happening in some of the book three intros uh, that he basically went, okay, I am not uh, strong enough to help these people do all this stuff and help protect everyone. I need to go basically go off and train with my people. And uh, he floated up into the sky and they fired Homer from the show. (laughs) Do you think that we will see Vargas again? Ooh, asking the hard Mm. questions. Yeah, I'm asking questions in the recap section. Yeah, if you had asked that like the week after I swapped the character out, I would have said definitely. But honestly, I don't know anymore. It's kind of up in the air for me whether he'll ever return as like an actual player character or not, or be kind of like an intro to, to a... an episode where you have a heart attack at like an Italian restaurant. <laughs> yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, like I definitely like wouldn't kill Mama him off in an intro. His face just falls down into some papa. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's how he wanted to go. Yeah, uh, but I honestly could see with just how much part of it is how much fun I'm having playing my current character uh, and also part of it is just also further stuff that I thought of with his story that like I may like have Sam have him pop up as like a NPC at some point but I don't know if he'll return as a player character anymore I'm not 100% sure one way or the other anymore now so does NPC in that context apply as non-party comrade because that's what you would be <laughs> yeah, perfect and it would be very sad <laughs> i don't know i think i'd be happy yeah. to see vargas again even as an npc even if he is just like greeting at like the you know numerian walmart that we walk into or whatever <laughs> yeah. and we're like do we know that guy wearing a blue vest and <laughs> just telling yeah. you about the specials yeah no, before you leave, I need to see your receipt. Oh, you get the voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. Um, well, when one door closed, another door opened, as <laughs> we did have... Um, I just totally blanked on, his char- on the character's name. Halloween. <laughs> Show up. Halloween. Um, <laughs> harassing chickens and he trying to... He definitely hasn't, at this point, been in up. more episodes than Vargas has or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, my brain just was like, nope, you're done. It's just Vargas now. But, um, yeah, they met up with Alwyn as he harassed some chickens outside Charlie the Lizard Folk's Chicken Emporium. Um, he tried to pet Brixby, because Brixby was, of course, Kira's dog. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's Kira's dog. Mm-hmm. Woof. I remember. He hasn't seen a Yasoki. He saw this small furry thing hanging out with Kira. He's like, awesome. I made an Iggy Pop reference that no one got (laughs) during that. Anyway. A lot of references I don't get on the show. It's okay. That's fair. No, we're nothing if not references no one gets. Or references only a very, very tiny group get. 
Hmm. They're all dad rock references. That's it's not insignificant in our in our. Discord we sometimes audience. make references to like '90s pop and '90s rap that also nobody gets because it's also, that also way too old for our audience. Basically, dad rock for millennials. Oh, I'm aging <laughs> as we speak. No, that's awful because that's making me think of the zeitgeist comic from xkcd where they call uh eminem dad rap oh no yes oh he's hip and edgy (laughs) he's hip and hop don't Uh, you want to grow up to be just like me (laughs) he's 50 he's the age of vargas Uh, (laughs) oh god (laughs) feel old yet wow that one really does hurt wow yeah Anyway, Sam, take us away from this moment in time. Yeah. Well, yeah. the Cowboys the took us away as that was a Dixie Chicks. No. Oh, sorry. The Chicks. Yeah. Well, at the time. But yes, you're, that's more correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, the party left um, Torch shortly thereafter with their new buddy and Sazaduke followed them. Uh, he caught up eventually and they had a nice chat where, you know, the party basically figured they couldn't get out of being arrested in any real diplomatic way and they they wound up killing him and um, feeding him to zombie butterflies which you know sometimes you gotta do it they got a cool sword out of it but they couldn't identify the sword at the time then they continued on to Idenvey where Cassandra Lee was last sighted and um they introduced themselves, I believe, to Mylon Radley's former student, who's Cricket, cricket legs. legs. Yeah, Actus Edland, and um, and his daughters, who were a little bit surly, and Actus introduced them to Red Fang, and Red Fang sort of became their point of contact, and um, Red Fang was spread super thin. Because he had to like run the town, run like the inn where visitors stayed and stuff, and investigate technically spies. Then there was this farm where the farmer was missing or whatever. So the party was like, "Well, we'll take some work off your hands. We'll go check out the farm." Long story short, there was a Yao Guoi there. Um, the farmer was dead, so that sucked. But they fought the Yao Guoi and they brought its head back floating on Brixby's disc and just paraded that through town for a while, thereby earning everyone's trust. Jammed it into the uh, town hall, I believe I remember. Yeah, they, they brought it right in, and uh, I don't know if they mounted it on we, the wall. or We mounted it without taxidermying it, so it is just like a moldering mess at this point. So it but fell down within a couple every- of days. <laughs> no, no, they put it. We put we put a little like platform below it for it to collect on. So nice. Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, after that, they earned a little bit of trust from um, Red Fang, who gave him a cool cloak that doesn't really do all that much that's useful, but it's cool to have. And he let them in on the secret of the uh, technically spy who was operating in town, who they thought they'd caught, but then they found a a, bir- a mechanical bird being sent out with a message after they'd already arrested who they thought was the spy. So they knew the spy was still at large, and they still had the 
um, matter of the mechanical man that they had apprehended and thrown in their makeshift dungeon. Now, that guy turned out was an inevitable who called himself the Drifter, and um, he was basically arrested because he was a machine man in a town that hated machines, but he was on a mission to stop a Zill invasion from uh, breaking out of a mine nearby in Party Town, or Purdy Town, really. But, I'm, um, I'm still not convinced that that wasn't just Asher. It might have been Asher. He looked a lot like Asher, a little taller, though. <clears throat> so, the, who could say? What was that? I say, who could say? It could have been, you know, alternate timeline Asher. And this was all just a setup for, you know, book four of the multiverse of Numeria. Yeah, we're going to loop back around and everybody's inevitables now. Better than everyone's chitons now. Yeah. I like that more. Well, some people are going to be chitons, and some people are going to be inevitable. It's just going to be like everybody's a lawful outsider, but it's all random. (laughs) I couldn't think of any other except devils. So somebody's a devil, too. Um, So everybody basically decided that the biggest threat it sounded like in the near future was the threat to Party Town and the possible Zill breakout that was going to happen. So the party abandoned Idenvay a couple days after getting there and went out to Party Town, which was empty and looked like there had been, you know, a whole bunch of violence. Went into the mine where they found Baby Zill. And they also found yeah. a Zill that could come out of the wall and drag you into the wall. That was that was fun for Asher specifically. He got like pulled right in there. Nope. He loved it. Yeah. Is what I heard. Traumatizing. It was a fun time. <laughs> yeah. Not the last trauma we'd have in Party Town neither. <laughs> no. That whole place was awful. I don't know why anyone lived there. <laughs> Well, no one lives there. It's not like the Zill were new. Radioactive waterfalls. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like the Zill were new. They've been trapped down there for like, what was it, like a thousand years or something? Like. Yeah, but they'd only gotten out recently because they dug dug greedily in too deep. (laughs) And then they had the one Zill that could walk through walls, which helped. Well, the party did find one survivor in the mines there that was... I didn't write her name down. Her name was Basari, Basari? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Basari, uh, the and former guard. aside before that, if I can, uh, Finder had an interesting question that I'd like you to answer before uh, we dive too much more into the Zill stuff. Tell us, Sam, is uh, Scorpions of Perdition part of book three? It sure ain't. Scorpions of Perdition <laughs> is an adventure path add-on for the Iron Gods adventure path from uh, Legendary Games. Pointedly, it was written by Nick Logue, who also wrote Book 2. And um, I didn't decide that we <laughs> to add in Scorpions of Perdition, or specifically the, the Zill part, until uh, the party absolutely slaughtered Zagmander at the end of Book 2. Until yeah, we one-shot a Zill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was like, well, now the Zill are going to have to have their day. 
and have their day or their month (laughs) so if we had had like a long drawn out knockdown fight with uh the blood ghost do you think we still would have done this little side quest or no maybe i mean it would have been more up in the air i was definitely up in the air about it i thought that it was really cool um and the the zill thing it's scary and the zills themselves are pretty horrifying enemy i mean they're basically xenomorphs that can talk um so it's a cool thing spells and have dr and every other yeah and there was actually like an effective environmental moment when we realized that all of the hanging like tokens were indicative of the people that had gone down into the mine in some sort of like buddy system sort of way, mm-hmm. safety sort of way to show that they were still on shift. Because yeah. we were like, what are all of these things? They must be like magic items. <laughs> and then when you're like, no, they're they're just indicators of all the people that are dead. Yeah, you failed. Yeah, they're basically dog um, tags. Yeah, no, totally right. So that was that was that was a little spooky. Um, and then there was a boule. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you ever wound up fighting yes. the boule, did you? Nope. No. No. We, we, we gave the boule. <laughs> yeah, that. No, we gave yeah. that boule a, a wide. We're break. like, oh, there's a land shark over there. Okay, let's ignore that and go keep doing this. Then you went on down and um, went down the radioactive waterfall, fought the like spider zill that could spit acid or yeah i think they could spit acid yeah we fought like two of those at the waterfall i think yeah Mm -hmm. and then found your way into um shadrax's castle where um trying to think was there was a fight it wasn't with shadrax though right it was with just like some zill minions yeah there were some people outside kind of like we opened the door and like grenaded in and then had a fight kind of all the way back in through those chambers. It went super well. Yeah, it went super. Yeah, there was a green one. Super great. So you know it's going to be bad. (laughs) I believe the green one was the the one that survived. Always is. Of course. Yeah, because two of them could like use magic or something. We killed one, but not the other. Yeah, there were priests... And then there was, yeah. There was the Deadpool mm-hmm. invisible ones that would just come out and yes. shank the yeah. heck oh out of you. Oh my god, yeah, that almost killed Brixby. I got really close mm-hmm. to being killed by one of those, like, invisible murder you sneak attackies. Oh, yeah. And I think um, it wound up that... I can't remember what the agreement was other than that, than that two people had to stay behind... With the Zill. You don't remember why. It was the lie that like, hey, we're gonna go like get, get prepped yeah. to, you know, get some strong magics to end your curse. Yeah, right. uh Alowin bluffed them that he could break the curse, but he that he needed to like take time to prepare. But then they said, okay, if that's true, two of you have to stay here. So we picked the two that didn't currently have Zill growing inside of them <laughs> to stay there. Uh, yeah. And then went back nice to... Bonding. Yeah, mm-hmm. then you hung out with the priest of Abadar, who was not super <laughs> um, capable of helping. And the... Yeah, he just kept talking about the prime rate. 
It was annoying. We yeah. were just like, come you on. You just said man. priest of Abdar twice, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then the other half of the party basically went back to Eidenfag, got everyone from town who could fight, including the drifter, and um, came back with an army. And we staged a fight in which everybody had control of two PCs and I had like 600 enemies. <laughs> that was a good one. Including one that had a pair of multi-shot revolvers. <laughs> and, I think and the only thing... Didn't like Father Sardis... Didn't Father Sardis like help with one of the like paralyzes or something? He did like one thing useful and then went like, alright, bye. Yeah, well he... Uh, he got rid of the eggs in bricks and uh, aloin. Yeah. Strong the egg. Yeah. Well, that mm-hmm. was for Brother Dervish, wasn't it? Oh, wait, no, that was Dervish. Oh, oh, yeah, you're talking right. about yeah. Sardis is the uh, Abadar the one. Yeah. Abadar in the cell. Yeah. Didn't he spend like 90% of the combat carving himself a new symbol out of like a piece of broken jail cell yeah, or something? Yeah, he had to make <laughs> a holy symbol of Abadar in order to be able to do yeah. anything. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh. So he basically. That's when hid Kira got. Weren't you like big, and that was a problem? Probably. Fight like, I like I remember. Yeah. Like, I remember you were enlarged, but you couldn't get through something. Oh yeah, I'm no, to I was like well, was... the the door was stuck, and Jeff tried. Uh, Asher tried to break it down with the ring of the ram because they didn't take the ring from him because they were stupid and thought it was just a regular ring, and. And that took like three turns. And in the meantime, Kira enlarged. And then when he finally got the door open, she couldn't get out the door. <laughs> Nearly. Well, she could after. squeeze. Yeah, I eventually got out. Yeah. Yeah, the problem was like Asher and the priest were in front of her and she was taking up four squares. <laughs> four squares in like a six square yeah. cell. <laughs> yeah. But then we got some really cool guns. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the main fallout of that was Asher got Shadrax's revolvers, which are pretty sweet. Yeah. Super sweet. You got actual six shooters. <laughs> and you got to run a, a de-egging bucket brigade, basically, where the oh, yeah. druids and yeah. clerics were um, <laughs> saving all of the survivors, basically, from party town. But it was a pretty successful mission overall. I mean, you couldn't save the people who were dead before you got there, but you saved a, a bunch of people who otherwise were doomed. And um, mm-hmm. then the drifter had to go back to his planet because his home people need er, his people needed him. And Homer was fired from the show once more as the <laughs> drifter disappeared onto Axis, and because um, he had fulfilled his contract with the ancient Kelid Oracle who had brought him there in the first place to combat the Zill. And then... Um, uh, which question? That Oracle didn't... We, though I don't know if we ever got it confirmed. I think I just asked and you refused to say one way or the other. But had the same surname as uh, What's-His-Face, the Black Sovereign, didn't she? Nanesk Cool. Cool, yeah. Well, I, I think because he's Kevoth cool. Cool, and I don't think you ever answered whether that that was that they were if they were related or not. Um, I want to. I I think cool is a 
more of a title kind of name add-on with the Kellids mm -hmm. that goes to leadership, but she is from the same tribe. They were both from the Black she Horse. She was like a Black Leg or yeah, Black Horse. Yeah, not Black Leg. Yeah. Black Legs are from Honest Hearts in Fallout New Vegas. So, if I didn't answer before, I will answer now. The book doesn't definitively say whether or not they were related. But if they were, it was distantly because the um, Zill yeah, were imprisoned for a like long time. Yeah, it was like hundreds of years ago, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if she was like his ancestor. Because that's a neat little bit of world building if it is. <laughs> Can't wait to ask him when we get there to Cool Town. And he's gonna answer with broke up and I can't talk anymore. You don't know. Maybe he's cleaned up his act. Yeah. I mean, maybe just like Drooly Julie, you know, he's gonna find his way into a program and get better. Yeah. I mean Drooly Julie's probably putting Kevath Cool into rehab. We save Party Town. We got some cool guns. Went back to Eidenvey and, and went back to investigating the Technic League. Mm -hmm. Actually looking for that spy. Yeah. And Eidenvey still hated us because uh, J. Jonah Jameson told them we were evil. <laughs> ah, J. Jonah Jameson. My favorite oh, and least favorite Oscar. character of book three. Oh, he's the best, isn't he? I mean, he does a really good job of irritating his full Credit name? to Sam. Hoskin. Just Hoskin, wasn't it? It was Hoskin. It wasn't Hoskett. like a. His first name. <laughs> is it Hoskin? Hoskin. H. Hoskin. Hoskin. Probably has to be. I'm trying to see if I even have a copy of the PDF still open to find him. Old zip lip staggeroni. <laughs> oh, it never it never gives him a first name. He's just Hoskit. Oh, it doesn't? I could have Oh, it's a modernism like modern Cher? Yeah, he's like Cher. <laughs> the story brought Prince. by Hoskit. A Hoskit joint. Interesting. <laughs> oh, and looking for the spy, we went to a Zach camp? in front of Jeff. Yeah. Old Headache's woodcutting camp had a caravan of traveling Varesians. That's right. I remember that. Kira went in for tchotchkes. Yeah, Definitely just tchotchkes. Hoink. <laughs> but do you remember what led you to the caravan of Varesians? No. Uh, the was talking to finger the, symbols, the, right? I was talking to yeah. the old yeah. like lumberman, right? And then The, the grandson symbols. of yeah. uh, the... Bartley's. Yeah, by the oh, Bartley Badwater Revival. Did we make him invisible revival. and he like yeah, went we made him invisible and made a few crying. Yeah. <laughs> and we found a finger symbol. Yeah, you found and some tracks that led into the woods. Yeah, we found a zill yeah. and some tracks that led into the woods that disappeared perhaps um, you know, belying a boof. Boof yeah. belying. <laughs> we found boof marks. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we kept finding it was like tracks and then nothing and then tracks and we were trying to figure out what they were doing, if they were teleporting or whatever. Turns out they were boofing. Because of the boof boots. 
How is there no more? I, I like tried to, I just Googled because I'm just like, there's nothing that could come up unless he is also the Black Sovereign. I'm like, Hoskett, Yadenve, Pathfinder. And it is really just Hoskett. Uh, yeah. Everything I'm seeing yeah. right now is just Hoskett. Yeah. I didn't open it's like H any Hora PDFs, Hoskett. but I am seeing it on like some, some Pathfinder wikis. It's wild. <sighs> yeah. Um, for everybody that's not in our general chat, we are about 40 minutes in, only a third of the way through. So we should speed this up. We should. So we yeah. went to the camp. We got the. We didn't get the boots immediately. We had to do some some trickery first. Yeah. Thrashing. We interrogated the uh, Varesians and discovered that one of them wasn't who she seemed. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. And you'd think, surely it was Evil Dave, but no, he's fine. He's just Evil Dave. Evil Dave. Nope. It was a large about Evil Dave. <laughs> With this overpowering aura that made it so Asher couldn't even detect evil on anyone else. Level 20 evil outsider, Evil Dave. Who was just absolutely, yeah, content to just rip the, like, I don't know, washtub base or whatever in their band. Um, <laughs> He's so evil, so he doesn't have to do anything on holiday, is the thing. <laughs> no, he's just like half a beat off all the time, and that's what works for him. <laughs> so we did what anybody does in the course of a normal interrogation and investigation. We beat them and we took their shoes. As one does. Mm -hmm. And I think when you um, interrogated her, basically you got out of her that she found a well in an abandoned farm in part of town that seemed to lead down to some possible ruins and then you sent her off to be imprisoned uh, with Red Fang. Uh, little did you know she got, um, she stole his axe and stabbed him with it and ran away. But surely that would never come back to bite anyone at any point yeah. in the future. Yeah. I gotta say, how useless was he that we had her like beat up two HP, hands tied, all of her magical gear removed from her, and he still lost the fight. Oh, the problem was to be fair, it was a cutscene. <laughs> yeah, and this guy is like fifteen municipal positions for this town. Like he was probably doing his, you know, like ombudsman work or like comptroller work for that day <laughs> when that was, you know, like thinking about. I mean, they're, they're, honestly, these small towns, like that guy is also running a business and putting up hats. with our stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. And apparently, like, also runs a kitchen with all of those black and white tiles. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Don't smelt in there with the windows closed, kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the party went down into that well. Um, found a cloud of nanites waiting for them, which Kira used a gust of wind to shoot them through an electric door. Uh, uh, fried them. Very cool. That was a fun moment. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. and it turned out there was a, a video in the um, in that ship of some old guy, namely Fergus Shout, but we didn't know that at the time, um, reactivating the power in the ship and. Uh, talking to an invisible guy named Sahasho. There and then, we, uh, we didn't know his <laughs> best friend. We didn't know his first name, but we do have from the recording 
But what you seek still lies in the ruins of this ship, does it not, Master Zhaud? Mm-hmm. So you didn't know Jeff it was Fergus Zhaud. It might have... Could have been anybody. It might have been his cousin <laughs> Jerkis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. William. John. <laughs> or William. William Zhaud. <laughs> um, and then I think you... Jebediah Zhaud. You went in and found some defective androids led by uh, the least defective android, Seerath, uh, who was essentially an assassin. They all tried to kill you. Didn't work out so great. And it turned out that she think we had... got her name before. <laughs> Did we? What was that? Seerath. Did we get her name before? I don't know nope. if you ever got her I don't name, think we did. but you yeah. found like her notes that she'd been scribbling on the walls about um, mm-hmm. tools of the dominion. You will not take my mind. See, this is why we yeah. do machine learning. It's that those Listen background to those details. notes. <laughs> uh-huh. <Yeah>. <laughs> From Jeff's <just> one note. <laughs> so she was pretty worried about somebody taking her mind, and she thought you guys were going to take her mind, but instead you took her life. Aha. Turned it around. Got him. Mm-hmm. Went over to the other side of the ship where there were gearsmen. And then they went down and you found the remains of a Myrmidon robot that somebody else had killed. And um, another, like, super gearsman, which you also took out. And then you found the room with Sahasho in it. And he thought maybe Master Shout had sent you because he'd been just hanging out in that ship for such a long time. And we tried. Yeah. We tried yeah, to We tried to send him back. Yeah. It didn't work out, sadly. He's, he's still down there even to this day. The, uh, the thing we, we, we glossed over briefly in our attempt to expedite things was that the big gearsman that we had to fight did say like that's the first time we really heard Cassandra Lee spoken of outside of the like Nolek and like uh, you know Hellion notes was you know lower your weapons and submit the traitor Cassandra Lee and you'll be spared and we're like oh snap I hope that's not who we just killed <laughs> yeah oh that's true that was a fun moment of wondering if Cassandra Lee was the android yeah. you had killed but yeah, I was personally pretty certain that was her, and I'm like, oh no, that was not good. <laughs> and, oh no. And the AP ended. <laughs> and then we were done. I feel like they they account for far more disruptive parties than ours <laughs> in the creation of adventure paths. <laughs> and also to uh, skip a little bit ahead, it's not like she wasn't dead anyway. <laughs> I haven't listened to that episode yet, Jero. Wow. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert, Cassandra Lee, it turns out, was dead. And uh, Fergus Shoud took her dead body out of that ship and teleported away, promising to come back for Sahasho at some point. He never did. So, was there, uh, like, in the GM notes, did it give a reason for him to leave Shahasho there? Like, what was the point of not taking it back? Like, why did he say, guard this place that doesn't have anything worth valuing it anymore? Um, well, now that now that we're through book three, I can tell you, I mean, Shao intended to come back. 
He intended to, like, gut the place, maybe take advantage of the android foundry. It's not specifically clear, but he died interrogating Cassandra Lee, which is major spoilers for, like, ten minutes from now when we get to that that part in the recap. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, the main thing that the party got from the Aurora, which was the name of the ship that they were in, uh, was where they were to go next looking for Cassandalee's body which was the choking tower in the middle of the smokewood which was a couple days off to the east and then we got attacked by a hag yeah it was a coven well, we of we got hags. tricked by a bunch of hags mm-hmm. yeah now was was that before or after we ran into the giant uh, first was the giants who were afraid of the yeah. robot Okay. Oh, yeah, the Giants and then ED-209 and then the Hex. Yeah. And then, yeah, we ran into some... They were trying to be nice, but they were hags. Um, We fought them all, and then we got to the the titular tower, as it were. Well, after you fought the hags, you met Long Dreamer, who was kind of hiding from the hags, because she's a non-violent, semi-divine moth. (laughs) And she was like, I'm tired of all these choking towers. Um, so, yeah, then, <laughs> then you went to the choking tower. Fair. And the choking tower was so chill and kind, and nothing bad ever happened there. Yeah, it was really easy. It was basically a vacation. Mm-hmm. It was a yeah. long went beach in there. episode. Yeah, you went in there, yeah, fought clearly some Clearly, it's meant to be like a breather dungeon in between all the other hard parts. Yeah. <laughs> the robots were wicked easy. The ghost that came out of the walls was wicked easy. And the kitchen that um, killed Alwyn, wicked easy also. Yeah. Oh, no. Ad break. Ad break? By double mint gum. Oh, did enough people talk that... Uh, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> an ad break popped up. Goes, hey, here's... And oh. In Twitch. I don't know how that works. Why do we have an ad break? We don't even have... Are we Are we an affiliate? I didn't think we hit affiliate Yeah, yet. we're affiliates. We're affiliates. Oh, okay. Then that's why we have an ad break. So okay. Twitch is out there making money if off people of watch us. that, we might get like two cents. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody watch those ads. We get like two ads. cents from that if people would watch it. I don't know if they can hear us over the ads. Over the ads. <laughs> That's okay. This We're killing time until Mala comes back. Yeah. You said it at the same time as Nightbot popped up to advertise the pod in the chat. And I'm like, oh, you're calling that an ad break. That's funny. Maybe Nightbot Not saw realizing the realizing that it was an actual ad break. <laughs> yeah. I forgot where we just left off. Pre-ad break? My bad. Um, uh, so we're talking about Alwyn dying. Oh, yeah, when right. The, oh, how could I forget? Yeah. Uh, the kitchen was rigged up with a trap where um, basically when whenever you touched something, there was a an accumulating chance that it would trigger the trap like every time anyone touched anything. And the first roll, like basically the instant Brix- yeah. Zach said Brixby yeah. was touching or was looking around, I rolled one for like touching things and I hit it on the first roll. And it triggered the fireball trap, which um, instantly killed Alan. Yeah. And which, almost uh, Brixby. Fun. 
almost made yeah, it. Yeah, fun peek behind the curtain on that one. I was on like three hours of sleep that day. And I was like slowly in my head, like trying to figure out. I was looking through my healing equipment as everybody was talking. I'm like, oh, nice. They're doing like a, what do you call it? Like scenery building. And then all of a sudden Sam goes, okay, now everybody roll your reflex save. And I'm like, wait, what are we rolling? <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was very surprising. <laughs> yeah, no, it, and the amount of damage that did, like, like, granted, if I had been awake enough to, like, say, I'm going to stand outside until I heal, I would have been alive, like, the same as Brixie, but I still would have been down and unconscious. Like, that damage from that was ridiculous. Yeah, it was, it was basically a fireball, like a 10d6 kind yeah. of thing. Mm. And you rolled high on it, too. And I we think Shout had just fireballed everybody. Oh, that's before, true. Yeah. Before he ran away with a mm. literal fireball. Yeah, and that horrible mist that our masks didn't help with. Actually, did we even have the masks yet at this point? You had we masks, did, right? you weren't using them yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. we got them in the Aurora. Yeah. And we went back to Torch. I remember they didn't one. work on that... Uh, one, he had that one ability that it doesn't matter if you're in the mask or not. It was like skin contact yeah. uh, poison mist or something. But we got him back. It all turned out that okay. That wrecked us. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. yeah, no one was traumatized. Definitely Brother Dervich is fine. And he, can, we're, he can still yeah. sleep. We're definitely sure it's definitely Alowin. We're cool. Yep, Absolutely. That was and great. Then, as so as we like decided, Alan. we decided it's definitely Alowin. Jero leaned forward, and we could see your red contacts really clearly, and so <laughs> that feels extremely sinister. Yeah, here, hang on. That is very menacing, especially with the big purple <laughs> balloon right in front of your face. That adds to the effect. Um, after that, uh, <laughs> you brought Alowin back to life, and he was surprisingly chill about having just died. And then he went back into the tower, started climbing, and just destroying all of Fergus's stuff. Because at that point, it was personal. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Brixby, I think, was ripping up a, all his dumb skulls. spell book. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was fun. I was enjoying, like, a deeply vindictive action <laughs> that, like, was anathema to the character themselves. But, like by that extent was super mm -hmm. enjoyable to do. I mean, you uh, saved the spells you could learn, I think, from it. You just uh, destroyed yeah, no. all the rest of the knowledge. I took, like, <laughs> like two yeah. spells from that original book and ripped them up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was, like, but, his little baby's first spell book. Spell book. So it, was, it wasn't yeah. important. Yeah. That wasn't the super important spell books that were maybe found so, later. Yeah. Uh, how come... Like, I know a couple of the books we found were from, like, his assistants, but... Jout himself had like nine spell books kept all in different rooms. Like, what? Why did he just leave spell books in random places? I mean, he was manspreading. He left journals. Yeah. <laughs> it was his domain. He could have spell books wherever he wanted. His good ones were in his bedroom, though. Yeah. Was that original? Or the the first book that we found his, I thought it belonged to somebody else. I thought it belonged to one of his like assistants. The first book, I only. The first book you found, the one that Brixby ripped up, was um, Fergus's old spell book. 
That's what it was. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, it was yeah. in like the uh, the like sit the smoking lounge type room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a study yeah. he didn't use anymore. The yeah, smoking lounge. It's funny. Yeah, because we did find another one later near oh, one yeah, of the yeah. bodies of one of his assistants, and that one was their book. Yeah, that was. I think it started with an A or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was the one that like went crazy and let the wind demon out, correct? Oh, the the, the vampiric fog. mist. No, the hungry yeah, fog. Was. Hungry fog. Yeah, hungry fog. Yeah. yeah. A knot of visk. A knot of visk. Yeah, that's what it was. Yes. I have it as written as visk spellbook. Guess we did keep that one. Yeah, I mean you went through there were several floors of like labs and stuff with wild animals on the loose which was it was a lot yeah. of fun there were some fun encounters there with just the yeah there was just a random like badger in one of the rooms that ate through all the that ate through the doors and attacked us yeah the orum vorax the golden gorger yeah <laughs> oh and also the nanite cocoons that you started finding and were absolutely terrified of <laughs> yes yeah. I wanted to take the Nanite Yeah. I was positive those were either some kind of weapon or something that was going to turn on and kill us. I would not in a million years have guessed, oh, it's a key card. Insane. (laughs) That was was definitely like one of those twists I did not expect at all. I I was like, this is, we're going to touch this and our hubris (laughs) is going to result in a Nanite swarm. But only Asher what can I, shoot. Yeah. What I thought it was like thinking like uh, out of game, like metagaming wise, was like I assumed like every room we went in there was probably a random chance of Zhao showing up. And I assumed that if he showed up in a room with one of those, he would be able to like activate it and it would attack us. That was my guess on those. Is- Maybe he could have. Is that how it worked, Sam? That he would just randomly show up in rooms? I feel like there you've told were us this before. Se- there were several places where it's like um, Shoud shows up here or Shoud shows up here if they do X. Mm. Um, and then there were like suggestions for like if he hasn't shown up by now, he should probably come out here. Or like there was the place with the schematics, um, which was I think the first time you saw him. It basically says, like, mm-hmm. if if they look at the drawings, then Shout will emerge from one of them as he has a connection to them and can see um, through them, basically. It kind of alerts mm-hmm. him to them. And it also said yeah, if anyone Hubris. tries to stay overnight in the tower, he'll attack them in the night, which mm-hmm. you did in one of the labs. Yes. He reminds me, and I'm blanking on the name now, but there is, and I've played it like three times all the way through. But there is a 5e adventure where the main villain is a vampire lord. And like every random encounter table, he's on. Strahd? And one of my games in it, like he showed up. Yes. uh, Curse of Strahd. Yes, Curse of Strahd. And there was a game I played of that where he showed up like six times and the GM just kept getting. He's like, I don't want to roleplay this guy again. You guys are too weak for him to not just kill you. (laughs) Oh, we eventually faced down our own Strahd once we had acquired our four key cards. And that went totally well, fine. Yeah, you got the key cards. Mm-hmm. You went on down to the basement. 
and um, maybe unleashed a, a, demon. a demon, just a little demon. Met up with a worm that walked. Yeah, teleported himself off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. he found the way into Lab X, where um, the dead bodies of Fergus Shout and Cassandra Lee were sitting. And also a uh, Nemotechnic Recovery Robot. And uh, the final showdown with Fergus Shout, where um, Brixby came into the room first and got hit with a phantasmal killer. He got phantasmally killed. Oh, yeah. Roll 20 was not with me that night. Yeah. It was like one, two, three, or something like that. And, and mm-hmm. So there yeah. is, I mean, it's one of those like dice tell the story things. So, yep, Brix died. And then he returned. And then even with the, uh, we used the cardio, cardio amp. amp, and that failed too. Like the amount of, like the game yeah, was, was determined like, to kill bricks. Yeah, yeah, I failed two saves, and then the cardio amp. So yeah, it was oh, three that was rolls. three. Yeah, yeah. And um, they were all yeah. like under five, single digits. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, yeah. they were all. Under it was five. brutal. Yeah, it was yeah, one no, of those things. Roll twenty was. Yeah. Yeah. There they was no bonuses, no items, no nothing that could really um, mitigate the situation in the moment. So we died. We being Bricks and I both in that moment. <laughs> um, but the party continued on. Kind they of. They did a great job. It's a very, it's like very difficult to keep playing this game when someone in the party has died, is what I'm learning and have learned so many times now. It's like, wow, I'm very sad. I don't want to strategize. I want to lay on my floor with my cat. But, you know, yes. the show mm-hmm. stops for business. No show time. Show must go on. That's how that goes. No, the right. show and stops for that's... business. No show time. <laughs> exactly. That is that is how it actually yeah. goes. But it is one of those strange things because, like, when you think about the six-second slices, like the little temporal rounds that we deal with, um, there's like no time between that and all of the things that you would you know plausibly be paying attention to in combat that like you would also be like oh yeah that's like dead down not like down which like mm-hmm. think about like Vargas who like went down how many times prior to actually like dying like a dozen yeah like no hyperbole like ended mm-hmm. a lot of fights because you know mega especially like baby Megai are really squishy. They're super glass cannon, yeah. glass cannon style mm. characters. They yeah, like hits yeah. He could deal a lot of damage, but he could not take those hits back. <laughs> Absolutely. So I feel like, and that was pretty well role played by like I mean as always by like Izzy and a variety of other people. I think when like Vargas first went down, this kind of like oh he always goes down and oh god. But yeah, no, it is, it's an interesting thing to play that combat when a character goes down and like try to not metagame like, I can't see that. Or there's no way that this character would know that like they've just mm-hmm. been split in half and murdered or something like that. Like it is. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. can't see or yeah, they like, don't I think, know uh, that he's just not unconscious or whatever. Yeah. Right. Like e- even for bricks, like. Uh, the reason that I rationalized like Alwyn knowing that he needed the cardio amp was he did what he'd done at the start of several combats now since the last level up and cast haste and haste it says you choose the 
targets. And I believe, like, in that, within the fixture of that world, I would imagine you would be able to tell if your haste is working on the person you cast it on. And he would know, like, okay, something's wrong. This did not cast on him. And that is just one of those, like, metagamey things. Because, like, there's, there's stuff like Breath of Life, for example, that is as we've run into because we have that one item that approximates Breath of Life. Like, the action economy isn't there. Unless you're yeah. like anticipating someone dying and just sitting there waiting mm-hmm. for it. And like at that point, yeah. why is that character not doing something more productive in mm-hmm. combat to end the fight, right? Yeah. So like it, mm-hmm. it does create a, a kind of a strange um, like spot to navigate because like... Yeah. yeah. And well, and we had an interesting thing. Uh, sorry to jump back a little bit, but like when Alwyn died, like everybody was hit by that fireball. And we even talked about like... Asher's first thing wouldn't be to think like to pull out the cardio amp because Alwyn and Brixby both looked basically identical because one was below his con. The other one was like one point away and he himself was hurt. So he did what would make sense, which was lay on hands himself first and then work towards healing everyone, which within the fiction of the game, that makes way more sense than immediately thinking to pull out the revive item when you don't know that anybody's gone. Right. So that's always like an interesting thing in the way that death has visited this party because uh, it comes in combat as it always does. And like, it's like the players have to experience it in the moment and then continue to perform tactically. And then we have the scene, the scene that has happened like a couple times. Can't say how many just yet, but like yeah, and it- where we're like, wake up, buddy. And it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's, you have the yeah. weird contrast of it being so fast for the people in it, but the people doing it who are feeling pretty <laughs> similar feelings to how the characters would feel because those deaths hit pretty hard in the moment. Really but do. like an hour passes before you can even like acknowledge it. <laughs> even though that's like, yeah, yeah. 36 seconds in game. Yeah. So really like, yeah. it is. But we got a great story out of it. But it came back. Um, yeah, kudos and to we Zach defeated uh, Zhao and his dumb little robot. Finally. Yeah. Oh yeah, and we got. Oh god, that's right. We got Zach's amazing backstory on Brixby. Which um, we can touch on a little bit more because there's like a deliberate question yeah, relating question to that from it. somebody. Um, I got it. But uh, is pretty much like oh, if no, I've been able to tell that. Yeah, and which we can talk about more. But it's yeah. like. If I had been able yeah. to tell that backstory before Brixby died, he probably would have been dead. That is what I can say right there. It was the fact that I wasn't able to tell a significant amount of his backstory, and it wouldn't make sense to be like, it's me, Brixby's cousin, who should tell you. <laughs> Brixby exposition. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. going to give you all of this. Yeah, so, I mean, it definitely made sense to come back and, and use that as kind of a like an inciting point. To, to touch mm-hmm. off on some it's like backstories again not to like totally derail us but it's a weird thing to meet out like it usually requires some sort of like you know plot prompting mm-hmm. otherwise mm-hmm. you're just like narrative dumping about your character for like no reason mm-hmm. at all which feels like a lot of people's maybe first experiences with D&D in the first time like you know like I wrote mm-hmm. this three page backstory for a character for a campaign that we're only going to meet once so I should say it all in the first episode. So you're um, going to get my like, monologue and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. 
but yeah. like I feel like there are still things that like it's interesting to think about like there's still things we haven't explored about like you know Kira and Parta or like other mm -hmm. things that we've touched on that like maybe we could have wrung every bit of RP and yeah. like backstory out of but like there are just occasional times where you have to like let it go and maybe it comes up later but every when a character dies, you really have to like weigh, like, is their story fully told? Like there's other things mm -hmm. that come in, like there's mechanical stuff, like can you afford it? Is that the kind of campaign we're running, etc. But like, ultimately, like, we do get a little control in this world. We get to decide when like narratives end. And like, I think to that extent, we get to like, do it poetically in one way or another or at least like you know make it worth something so uh yeah no it was it was a weird series of decisions that i made there over those couple of days where i'm like he's gonna die no he's not gonna he's gonna come back um but yeah came back told everybody about his backstory and then we stomped that tower I think real quickly while we're while we're on the topic, the other part of that question was whether any of us had an idea that was going to happen. Uh, I didn't, so that was a surprise to me. Yeah. Excellently handled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we're going to answer like the whole question, yes, he had a backstory. His backstory was slightly different than what it was before. It was actually a little bit darker, um, which. We don't really have to talk about on the show necessarily. <laughs> um, yeah. Sam knows, and uh, yeah, but then like Long Dreamer kind of came in, and I've always been interested in like having a character that has an alignment drift um, in this, and, mm -hmm. and, and and like maybe even finding religion after like a, a time of you know. And I also don't want to share too much about myself, the player, but I'm not a religious person. But I find that like the pantheon of gods and how religiosity can be approached inside of like Pathfinder. Very interesting. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was like, a, it was a, it was, it was a really nice kind of dovetailing of like, mm -hmm. I had this backstory and then we've introduced this Desna thing. So we're just going to kind of blend them together. Cause it felt like yeah. Brixby was already kind of gravitating towards Desna um, anyway. So. Well, great yeah. job. That is that's the reverse that Michael Stipen found his religion <laughs> thank you and the other thing that happened after the uh, climactic fight with Fergus and his robot buddy uh, after Brixby died but before he came back was that the party found Cassandalee's body um, put her in the bag Shao's body put his head in the bag and um, like a sphere device that had Cassandalee's memories in it, or at least what Shout was able to extract, where I mean, you heard her voice for the first time. You heard her talking about worshipping unity as a god and um, devoting her life to unity, only to discover that it was a petulant tyrant monster, and she fled from unity with stolen cache of information in her neurocam, uh, hid the Neurocam in a Y-shaped valley in the Feldales, which you know now is in a place called the Scar of the Spider. And um, then she ran and wound up hiding in the Aurora where she was tracked down by a detachment of Unity's minions and ultimately killed. But luckily, far enough away from Unity that 
its control had lapsed over these things and Unity wasn't able to summon them back with Cassandra Lee's body. Uh, so they were all just kind of stuck there. So, uh, question about that. The, uh, I'm assuming that was the Gearsman, but was the, that one android whose name I've already forgotten again, was she part of that or was she just like, one from that foundry who happened to be less melty than the rest. Sea uh, Wrath oh. was the first android printed by the android foundry in the Aurora after Shout reawakened it. And it was just periodically... Okay. So she wasn't part of the uh, hunting party. Right. And she was the closest one to like a fully formed being. She was still like her face was offset by a couple inches and like her body wasn't fully formed and her um, perception of reality wasn't necessarily super in line with actual reality, but um, so teenagers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, and I guess I gotta ask. So, what happened that killed Zhao when he tried to look at her brain? Like, this is like one of the the best little writing bits that I've seen like just like a little tiny note that's in a Paizo book is that she had her head like her actual physical head rigged with a an explosive nanite trap so that when he got as far as he could with the memory extractor robot and he cut her skull open to try to um dig further into her memories it set off the trap and the worshiper of the god of accidents was killed in an accident by a trap at the basement of his tower that was filled with traps it's just like the poetic justice (laughs) like i mean that's the move that i want to make i'm going to like load my body full of i don't know explosives so that when i die and someone does an autopsy (laughs) oh it's a bummer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we got bricks back we trashed the tower we had a new place to go yeah yeah you had a, a new direction to go to the um scar of the spider but first you were gonna check out that blip um that yeah that thing that had been bothering us since the end of book two yeah, it's <laughs> just been on the list just hanging out there yeah. Uh, so Long Dreamer flew you there to a place called the Gorham Pots, unusually warm land at the uh, north end of a river. You, know, you schlepped your way through the mud, fought a little giant there, and climbed into the wreck of the Dusklight through the broken um, planetarium on the top of it, turned the ship back on, um, went down through the weird slanted semi-gravity, semi-not-gravity Went underwater, fought some blobs with metal skeletons. Um, there was an eel that feels before that. There was. Eel yeah. That feels. Mm-hmm. The the weird blobs. What, what were they? If that's not spoiling anything for later, like I'm assuming, just like slimes that absorb some kind of androphin tech or what? Uh, they are Thorgothrells, which are monsters from the back matter of Book Three. Let me see if I can find them real quick. They're weird ones. What blobs are these? Someone yeah. remind me. 
the blobs that had like the they silver. were those th- ones we f- when we did oh, the underwater yes, yeah, fight yeah, yeah, where we all right. had to use weapons we never use yes yeah yeah they were thorgothrells and sam accidentally described the things in them as skeletons which allowed me to use bone shaker on them <laughs> yeah they are a space-faring race of aggressive genetic manipulators with in their natural form they're blobs of protoplasm 12 feet in diameter that move with awkward undulations but they can extrude ec- uh, pseudopods in order to manipulate objects and form simple tools but they um when weighed down by galarian's gravity uh they sublimate into poisonous vapor in the atmosphere so they form a force field around themselves and use bits of silver to form a an exo or an endoskeleton inside themselves so that's fun they're was fun before, weird little monsters they were aliens that's interesting was it before this? No, no, no. It was before before the eels that feels battle that Asher tellingly was like, "Hey, if something happens to me, don't bring me back." And it was Ooh, after yeah, the that. eel that feels battle. Um, and it, it was, was like, yeah, that blobby do mm-hmm. opening the door, realizing that these are so much larger than I thought from the sliver <laughs> of the doorway. Uh, yeah, if uh, if I die, don't bring me back. Oh, it should be mentioned probably that after Brix died and came back, the next day um, Asher did wake up without his divine connection to Chaldera. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That was a very important <laughs> event. We had a question about that. One I don't think too. we realized at the time how bad that would be. Yeah, yeah, and wasn't shared. Understandably, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, totally understandably. But like wasn't something the party even reacted to because Asher was assumedly still contending with it himself, understandably so. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no. Just like when I go to the store, I gave a verbal living will like I do to my partner when I leave for him. Like, if I don't come back, just leave me in the woods or whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we took that as a binding living will for Asher. Um, Mm -hmm. We did, which, I mean... Legal said we had to. <laughs> Since we basically jumped there, we found a spaceship, which was great, but then Asher died, which was not great. Yep. Yeah, you found a yep. potentially usable ship, went down to maintenance hash to try to find a way to release the ship, and uh, found irradiated dead. And Asher rushed in as he was wont to do after losing his connection to his goddess and. There just wasn't enough time to get to him before the zombies took him down, yeah. and he died. Yeah. And it it didn't help that uh, Alwyn was like, okay, I'm going to drop these things in a hole, not thinking that, oh, if I put this hole here, they literally have nothing to attack except Asher if they don't fail this uh, <laughs> roll, which well, that was a uh, bit of a <laughs> issue on my fault of uh, spatial reasoning. You couldn't see well, that was like the thing. Yeah. It's like that's where it comes yeah. back to, like you know, meta gaming. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't see, yeah. we couldn't see Asher around the corner. Not by the rules mm-hmm. mechanically of Pathfinder. Yeah, there's no way we could figure out where he was. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, this cast loves yeah. to, to yeah, like themselves. in universe, it made perfect sense. Yeah, it. The one time something actually has combat reflexes, Asher provokes yeah. three times, uh, mm-hmm. and the. Uh, the worst part about the multi-class leveling is if he had been Gunslinger 7, which he would be at level 11, 
he would no longer provoke for firing oh. or reloading as long as he had at least one grit point. Oh, man. Brutal. Brutal. Uh, he told us that, and I was like, brutal. oh, that sucks. That's but what was, like, actually painful about it was 30 seconds later, Sam was like, and then we level up. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a rough one. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that was, that was a very hard series of episodes. <laughs> that was... Yeah. yeah, and an absolutely <laughs> brutal day, brutal three days for the very capable four. We didn't even mention the part where um, Nick Shariel showed up, beat everybody within an inch of their life, oh, and took Asher's yeah. skin. That happened too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that was horrific. Yeah, the moment where Bricks tried to get everybody out, and Asher stayed, uh, understandably, and like, yeah, that was also like. That, that was a really interesting moment for roleplay, like tactical roleplay, of being like, what mm-hmm. what would we do in that instance? Like run directly back in at full, you know, full on run, like times four run, which only works if you're going straight. Um, yeah. That would still be what? Rounds, five rounds, rounds six and rounds. rounds. Yeah. Getting back a down lot, the stairs. Cause you had to go up five stairs and then or five flights of stairs. Yeah, because you had to go like up 10. to his room and then down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I already had a negative level at that point. So you had a negative I level. was super limited. Um, yeah. I had a negative level. Alan and Kira were like barely breathing. I don't even think Kira was con- I don't think either yeah. of them were conscious for that. Oh, Kira was at like yeah. negative 12. Uh, Alan got brought back. I think Brixby brought me back like just bare, but I was still only at like five HP, like one hit from anything that Nick Shariel or uh, what's her face were doing would have put me right back down. Yeah. And it was like, it was, yeah, it's like, it's rare that I want to give Sam any like tactical credit, but the, like the, the Kira falls in the pit and the grenade is there moment. I was just like, Oh, Oh God, this is so bad. That wasn't me. I, I didn't throw that grenade. It was a bet. <laughs> it was a bet of our own making. But like, there was—I mean, Nick Shariel also added insult to injury, uh, or one of them did to that point by making Kira paralyzed. Like you paralyzed Kira before the bomb went off. I if was, I remember correctly, right? Didn't you? Yeah. No, I was going through my. Um, like trying to figure out how to open up my a second window in Hero Lab because I was like, well, this is I'm, I'm done now. I need to have my backup character up. Was for sure gonna die and then didn't, mm-hmm. which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Kira um, had a whole bunch of non-lethal damage and then she got hit with harm. Harm. Um, that was oh, for was, 120 yeah, damage. That's, that's right. That is mm-hmm. that's the tactical thing you did. Yes. Is that yeah? You brought yeah. Kira down to one hit point and like so yeah, humbling. That's what it was. And then it went off. That was that was such yeah, a moment I didn't you, know that that can be happened. I was like, oh, I, Kira's fine. What are you talking about? I have yeah, 121. That's hit one points. of the most yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's one of the most brutal spells in the game. Like it's honestly worse than than it would be if it didn't have that caveat that it stops you at one HP because it's the perfect like alley-oop to then kill someone or the perfect alley-oop to a grenade just sitting on the ground <laughs> yeah, there yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, I'm sure that that will never come back to bite us again yeah now we know now we know 
<laughs> we'll add super we quickly. Uh, hit her with a nuclear bomb <laughs> the next time we see her. Oh, good. Um, that whole scene was was intense, obviously for a lot of different reasons. But I remember playing that where Kira, when Kira woke up outside of the castle, uh, was again really briefly mad at Brixby, like, "How did you leave Asher behind? What are you doing?" Until she found out that no, Asher had stayed behind, and that was a big thing for her. I think there was a huge sense of betrayal there. Like, why would you stay behind? We were trying to get out. What can you do? And Jeff, the player, has explained this since, um, which I won't speak for you, Jeff. Uh, but that was, on my part, a choice to like have Kira not interact with Asher anymore because she was so upset by that. Which then backfired because Asher died immediately thereafter. He had a really bad run. Yeah. Like, he had all of his skin removed, then he got leprosy. No, he got leprosy and then, then he, he had his skin died. removed. No, he lost oh, his was power, and first? then he got skin his skin first. removed, and then he got brand new and skin, leprosy. got leprosy on it, ruining yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and then he died, so it was kind of moot after yeah. that one. Rough times. It was. It was a really bad like two and a half days for Asher. Yeah. Just culminated in his death and screwed us up immeasurably yeah. as party. Did it a whole funeral. Pretty rough. And as players, um, that was the most yeah. I've cried during an episode. Like, actually cried during an episode. Uh, like, three times at least. Um, really rough. And definitely, like, in a series of just episodes that felt like every every win that we had was just like someone died something terrible happened like there was i mean it is i would still say things are not very bright for the outlook for the very kira one plus the rest no. of everybody else <laughs> that's my roommate would joke uh, like because i would come out for like three weeks in a row i came out of these things crying and she was like what are you doing i thought it was a game <laughs> like it's a game with feelings <laughs> it's a mean game <laughs> i know right like i i definitely had said this too where i was like usually people role play to like escape the the drudgery or worse of our like real lives but i just want brixby to sit down and just like play it being a boring system administrator for like a couple of weeks where <laughs> nobody dies and all you got to do is figure out what's going to happen to those two VMs that are still 2012R. Um, but hey, that's a discussion for the technology <laughs> machine channel. Um, but yeah, so Asher died and then we had um, a really intense episode where we kind of focused in on how all three of the remaining members of the party handled it. And then we had a memorial service together. Um, that again, still horrific and sad. But beautiful. Um, it was such a great episode. It was a, it was a, I mean, it was a really enjoyable, like, um, episode to to look back on in a way like it, it hurts but like there was a lot of really good and like i mean i legitimately miss asher like zach the player so like it was very easy to write from a place of like sadness and remembrance um no it was it was a hard hit i mean and 
like we always joke about like the no time has passed thing, but that happened literally on the second half of a recording that was being done before an almost month long break. And so we had a very long time to all just kind of like sit and think about this before we could resolve any of it. And it would, that made it a lot worse than like Brixby and Alowin where like we were back a week later dealing with it. Like it was bad to have to go all that time thinking about it. I mean, it was also the first character to not return, which we knew yeah. like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I don't have words well, like, for that. Well, like, was like an either-or, though. We did learn it fairly soon that it was going to be him returning, but yeah, that is true that it was also the first one that we knew for sure was gone, gone. Yeah, I mean, in a way, Vargas... Returned, technically... Sorry, yeah. Vargas returned, technically, yeah. is what I meant to say, not Alwyn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, Vargas was back by the end of that recording session, and then it was like several episodes later after we beat the boss that he left for real yeah, and it, so i wouldn't really call way, that the sort same of feels, kind of thing as what this was it sort of feels like a, a character more I, well it is more of a character retirement than a death with vargas um and it's more open-ended mm -hmm. as to whether he'll come back or not because he's still out there in the world but yeah with asher mm -hmm. like i mean i had no expectation that he was going to die basically until the turn when I had no choice but to kill him and um, mm -hmm. like the memorial that we wound up doing in 138 where I mean, we're saying goodbye to Asher and all these characters are basically you know they're facing how bad his end was but also like how great he was before that and like yeah how much good he did and how amazing of a person he was yeah it, it really sort of brought in perspective like when you really think about the heroism involved like he absolutely as a character earned that send-off and he you know stood as as the moral compass for the party for 137 episodes mm -hmm. um for almost three years and like even after he's dead like you can see like in some of the alignment changes and in some of the personality changes and stuff of people how he still kind mm -hmm. of is going yeah, he's forward. still the standard that i think the rest of us are measuring ourselves by like he oh, yeah, still that's is like very a much big yeah part like of the paragon of the party yeah yeah, no, 100%. I mean, like, Bricks didn't have time for gods for, like, a long time, especially, like, with mm -hmm. his, his, the way he was raised and his mother being an oracle and, like, how she spoke about gods and, like, yeah. So it was, I mean, Asher had, like, a deep, indelible effect on, like, Bricks's soul um, and, and, like, really affected his development as a character. And, like, you know, I didn't think that it would have been as quickly or as, as deep a conversion I think without this death like really expediting it even further but like I mean but now we're, we're getting so close to, to where we're at right now that we can't we can't continue to look behind the curtain can we because like these these are just the eps that just elapsed and that that will have effect on things that we have coming so mm -hmm. but yeah no it was it was it was incredibly sad but um, later you know, we did, like the old saying, if you have a cowboy-shaped hole in your heart, drop a snake in it. 
Um, and that is what we grab a snake in that boot. That's the people do. Um, and and I, I'm so excited. I am so freaking excited. I don't even have a nickname for him yet as Brixby. Like, I mean, that, that only gets developed in game. I don't think about it when I'm out of the... No, but yeah, no, I mean, he's so fresh and so good. I'm so excited. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm very I mean, excited well, to see Tarazi in action. Yeah, I'm interested in like what Tarazi can do. I'm excited to see him in action, so to speak. Yeah. Bringing in book four with the new character. Good mm-hmm. times. I think that about puts us at our recap. Did we do? Okay times. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think that about puts us at the end that's, of our recap. That's the recap, yeah. right? Yeah. Because uh, that yeah. would, we yeah. just got um, Tarazi introduced. So I think that we are going to take a quick mm-hmm. break so that everyone can, I don't know, brush their teeth or whatever happens when we take these breaks. We'll be back in just a little bit to answer a couple questions and then we'll release you all for the night into the night where you will do what you will. Into the night. Also brush your teeth, I guess. Hey there, travelers. It's your old friend, Chip McSpacington. Have you ever wanted to hear four human beings form brand new right in front of your ears and eyes? Well, have I got a program for you. That is STF and Friends Traveler. On Monday, November 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern, Adam from STF will be taking Emily from STF, Steve from Hideous Laughter Productions, Tyler from MinMax, and Sam from Pot Against the Machine through Traveler Character Creation and beyond. That's right, four brand new human beings will be summoned from the ether using only the power of dice and charts. So many charts. Check it out on twitch.tv slash stfnetwork. That's all for me, Chip McSpacington out. Everyone say something funny. Clap internally. Nice. <laughs> something funny. Oh. <laughs> oh, you you had pretend fun. someone had said. Okay. Uh, welcome back, all. Um, that you just got to see some real live laughter from our jovial team. So <laughs> welcome there. Look, there's some more. Just pops up throughout the recording. Um, second half of our machine learning episode uh we're just going to do some questions that you all the users have asked also we've had people submit them in the chat i don't know if we'll have time for those but if you do have a burning question drop it in and we'll get to it if we can without further ado let me Um, pull up the question list up there's some ado sorry well while you're pulling up the question list i just wanted to take a second to thank our ten dollar plus patrons um who we have a list of and that i totally have in front of me Let's say them as a round. I'll start. J-Rod. Tim. Christine. Christine. Cleasy. <laughs> oh, here it is. I'm blind. Uh, Jeremy. Give it in your best Pearl Jam voice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to that song in so long I don't remember how it even goes There you go, thank you Jeff Yeah, there you go Sam That's back to you, Zach Mark 
<laughs> Sean. Sophie. Yair, Yair. You are loved, even if you cannot be pronounced by me. <laughs> Known bad at words, sir. Well, thank all of you for your support, and thanks everybody for other support in varying levels, including listening to this or watching this or, you know, whatever you do. Thanks, everybody. Recommending it to your friends, hanging out in our Discord mm -hmm. and talking to us. All of that. We deeply appreciate mm -hmm. and value all of you yeah. so much. Like, it, it literally, like, it's not just the, oh, now we have to put in some, like, you know, well-worn gratitude <laughs> here. It's, like, legitimately, it's yeah. still surprising to me that anybody is at all mm -hmm. interested in this project, not yeah. because of the nature of it, but just because it's something so fun that I get to do with my friends that mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. also wonderful that it's entertaining mm -hmm. to other people. So literally anybody that listened to episode one and didn't immediately go this is garbage and stop listening forever we love you guys mm -hmm. <laughs> we even like the people who listened to episode one and said this is garbage and stopped listening forever not me i'm vindictive no i do and those who <laughs> said this is garbage stopped listening for a while but then gave us another shot love i love you them i love them a lot yeah but no they're the real number heroes. two <laughs> no love. they're real number twos <laughs> oh, oh. But anyway, let's get to those questions <laughs> before we can negatively describe any of our potential listenership base anymore. Um, group two, you could always become group three. That's all I'm saying. Um, but those questions, yeah. which we have here we go. in the chat. <clears throat> First question yep. from a Jero. Hi, big fan of the show. Question, if the team had Zords, what would their theme be and what would their combined Megazord look like? I don't know what that is. Is that a Power Rangers thing? It is yes. a Power Rangers thing. Ah. Pink. One of the Sams is very angry at this. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I was raised at a time where the green and white Ranger were the coolest, so. Was there a time where they were the same guy? Yeah, no, I know, but they were they were different <laughs> yeah. sides of the the, the the dark and moody coin of Tommy. Well, there's never been there. a time where Tommy wasn't the coolest, so. But I do know. I don't know. Johnny Young Bosch was pretty cool. I I I had a crush on Billy when I was a kid, though. Billy always just had like a very cute vibe. Um, but anyway, so what would our Zord be? <sighs> What theme would Some it be, and what would their Megazord look like? Yeah, so like different ones. Sometimes they were dinosaurs. Sometimes they were like the. Sometimes they were samurai themed. Sometimes oh, they were like every. Right. There's been so many Sentai shows. Well, definitely a Maybe dinosaur like a then. Big blanket with different patches on it, like a big dead friend blanket. <laughs> yeah, big deal. <laughs> a quilt. <laughs> patches on a quilt is amazing. Mega quiltazord. <laughs> Basically, yes. where each one is just different craft. <laughs> We're all mushrooms in our giant mycelia zord. <laughs> Fungal Solid zord. question answering. I hope that answered your question, Jero. <laughs> I don't know. Sure the question of the uh, person in our Discord that <laughs> was answer asking that one. Well, Dora asks, would you rather fight the Technic League or the Hellion Cult? I will say the Hellion Cult because I have no real beef with the Technic League as a player. 
but the Hellion cult insulted us several times right to our faces. <laughs> Mostly you all. I the Hellion cult, really. <laughs> the Hellion cult has like a strong, maybe no one will know who I'm talking about, but like Lyndon LaRouche vibe. Does anyone know? No? Like failed third party candidate for a long period of time that would just like con like, you know, two or three people from every college class to just aggressively go out and, and uh, you know, clipboard for them in the, the 2010s. Uh, he wanted to, like, blow up the federal bank. Anyway, we're not going to really get into <laughs> Lyndon LaRouche, but I feel like Hellion just had that, like, same sort of, like, sad stragglers and, like, even the people that were evangelizing were just kind of busted in their own way. I'm way more scared of the Texas League. Um, for Same. sure. So I, w I would rather mm -hmm. fight the Hellion cult because they are losers. Yeah. Yep. That, <laughs> Canonically. Yeah, that's my exact uh, logic for that too. Like, so one of these guys has access to hundreds of incredibly powerful robots, super strong spellcasters. They basically control the entire country. And the other one is like 12 guys living in a hole under a Mad Max stadium. <laughs> See, if you think about it from like a real world thing, though, would you rather fight a bunch of nerds or like people who make chainsaws out of garbage? I fight nerds every well, I'd day. I'd also like to point out we've fought exactly two members of the uh, Technic League so far, and both of them... Jowd and Nick Shariel handed us our butts badly. Yes, yes absolutely. Uh, because, like, in, in that analogy that you're making there, Sam, is that the nerds control magic. That's true. Literal technomantic <laughs> magic. Which, yeah. like, not saying some, yeah. like, battle bots, like, rigged up, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, also the robot army. Also cool. But like, yeah, but they also have a robot army and they could have a, a chainsaw arm if they wanted to, but they would get in the way of their making a robot army. So yeah, I'm gonna stay with technically on that one. Yeah, it's not- Good question. It's not really a fair fight when the Hellion cult has gone down in flames and the technically is still out there kicking everybody's butts. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Fair, fair question, or fair, uh, fair context for that question. But thank you for that question. All right. Next question, and I'm a little unclear on this one. Question for the VCIV, which presumably means the original four, but I'm going to say uh, I'm going to make the executive decision and say you can answer as whoever you like, except for Sam, who must be Hellion. Uh, if you were a vacation theme, what would you be? I don't know if I know what a vacation theme is. Like, Cruise? Disneyland. Uh, Kira would be Disneyland. Yeah, <laughs> Kira would be Disneyland. Like, especially maybe like in uh, Disneyland in like January doing like the Parade of Roses <sighs> type stuff that they do in uh, California at that time of year. So with like all the glitter and flowers and crafts. Yes, absolutely. See, Helen would be like a a super super try hard wannabe Disneyland that just doesn't get there and like Hellion would be that crappy creationist theme park that's in Orlando yeah. <laughs> everything about yes. it just deeply unpleasant but it's it's so much money involved and it's just so awful mm -hmm. <laughs> they have the moving animatronic necks on the dinosaurs on Noah's Ark 
Thank you, Mike Johnson. I wish that was a joke. <laughs> I mean, is there like a vacation theme where you just take a couple days off work and bring like a six pack to the dump and see what you can find? Because <laughs> I feel like that's what Brixby, Brixby like not in crisis mode would love to do. So if this that theme is, a vacation, is like the all immersion of oh, what was that movie with Charlie Sheen where he's a garbage man? Oh, <laughs> minute work. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> it's like a minute work immersion <laughs> vacation. And how about Alouan uh, or Vargas? Asher. Oh, I didn't know if Asher wanted to go first. Oh, I mean. I think he would be like a, you know, your desert vacation. Westworld. So that's not a terrible answer. Yeah. I mean, he basically lives. I was thinking more like a trip to like Tombstone to see all the historical cowboy stuff. (laughs) I can't imagine him as Timothy Oliphant, which is funny to think about. Or was that Deadwood? Was that Tombstone? Was Deadwood? Uh, Deadstone. Deadstone. Regardless, Dead wood stone. Mm-hmm. Petrified wood. What about Alwyn or Vargas? Uh, Vargas, I feel like, and I hate playing into like the old thing because I hate that joke, but I feel like he would be like a... Uh, like a seniors cruise type thing <laughs> like you go to like see the fjords or something on like a Norwegian cruise line type deal and you visit all the little touristy towns that are nothing like the actual country that you're in and Alowin I think would be he would be like a camping trip out into like the black forest or somewhere where it's like exciting but it's also like there's still bears here and there's no gps signal type thing <laughs> let's say See, i feel like vargas is more one of those buses they put seniors in that they drive to a casino yeah like the bus and then like take you to <laughs> sizzler oh. after no, you know what <laughs> vargas is this is going to be something that no one is going to get because it was only local here and their only ship burned down like 10 years ago but vargas is a sun cruise casino that's going to mean a lot I like to the idea right of in. Vargas doing the secret vacations like J.D. Salinger used to do. <laughs> Going on the senior bus trip to Niagara Falls and eating cheeseburgers. That's Nobody so Nobody knows. No one needs to know. Yeah. I think Vargas and I would get along really well. Um, solid job, team. All right, Sam, question for you. Have your cats ever majorly disrupted a recording by trying to climb into your dice tray and take a nap? This one is just for I you, have, but I also have an answer. I have. Luckily, <laughs> I was going to say, I think Kingsley is partly in the video. <laughs> yeah, Kingsley is always in the recording. I have luckily sealed off my recording room from cat interference at this point. I think there were some times where they had um, gotten involved, but never anything too intense. I will say. They were in the ceiling once. Yeah, they came out of the ceiling. ceiling the, cat. Video. the cat was in the actual <laughs> yeah, there's ceiling. One, like, fell out of the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Every single time I sit down to edit, though, this one cat, Eleanor, comes over and she's just like, no, this laptop 
is where my face goes and just rams her head into it over and over again without relent until I stop. Yeah. I think the one that comes to mind for me is there was a session where we were getting ready and one of your cats like grabbed a wire or something and you ducked down real fast to stop it <laughs> and it looked like you got sucked away from the yeah, camera like and a you said something movie. like oh no <laughs> right before it happened <laughs> yeah like no don't do that and then you just like got sucked backwards like the end of rack and you're it like i like... guess sam has just been kidnapped and that for me started off a whole like netflix thriller series where i was like what do we do if sam is ever kidnapped on screen text his partner I don't know. Well, he only murders in the building, like in a Skype call, basically. <laughs> only murders on yeah, the podcast. Only murders in the Skype call. Only yeah, I I call uh, being Martin Short um, on that. By the way, is that Selena Gomez or the other one? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Selena Gomez, mm-hmm. Steve Martin, and Martin Short. Yeah. Yeah. They're all fantastic. The, Honestly, all three that's the of the original cast seen. of. Uh, Three, uh, not Three Musketeers. Uh, what the heck is that movie? Three uh, Amigos. Yeah, all the original cast of Three Amigos. Famous I love Selena, Selena Gomez, Gomez in that one. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, honestly, that was my first time seeing Selena Gomez in something, and she is amazing in it. She's really good. I, it's one of those she things where... She was in... There was some movie when my... Or not movie, it was a TV show, the one my nieces watched, but I think she... I feel like she was she in She was that. a Disney Channel person. Was she in the show on Disney? Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing is that yeah. like, I was not a Disney kid, and I have like was with like her wizards or something. Uh, wizards of Waverly Place. Yes. Um, yeah. So this is the new Selena Gomez fan cast. Thanks all. Uh, that question was from Darby. <laughs> yeah, but you said you that. had an answer. Oh, my Sorry, answer you already said was um, was yeah. Kingsley is constantly in the recordings. Uh, I can't close this door because she, this is her litter box room. So she climbs up into my lap and jams her face right into the recordings and she'll just sit there like she's me, but she's not yeah. me. Like two but I would inches say, from Izzy's face like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say though that that isn't the same <laughs> answer, Sam, because when Kingsley does that, it does not disrupt the recording and improve it. <laughs> Fair. I like to think she Everyone just has to pause to of. admire the cat. Anyway, yes, thanks to Darby for that question. Uh, another question from Bellandora. What GooTube-esque monster would you create? Um, and then there's some context for that. Uh, I, had some, I had some fun with puns internally, but I want to see where your brains go, so I won't mention them here. GooTube-esque monsters. Uh, I think like you the... mislabeled it. This, this question is from Mashinini. Oh, I am reading these backwards, so my bad. I'm sorry if I've misassigned your question. Same question, though. I think Gucci this was the monsters. first one. The gelatinous tube. As a ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's a little. That's a little <laughs> nod to the first thing that killed me in in two E, uh, way back in the day. Rip, Aiden, who died to a gelatinous cube. Um, yeah. So that's that's it. It's like a flavorful, thicker wigglier version that absorbs you. Now does the tube give it DR? 
Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> Maybe it's like the tubes in the back, so it's kind of like a hermit crab situation. So it's, it's, <laughs> but you know, there's no face in Pathfinder. Maybe it's so like that is re- my answer. retractable. Like the tube squeezes out, oozes oh. you, and then it goes back in the tube. I hate it. And it's a swallow hole situation. Yikes. My children will never have Gogurt. I'm trying to think. Sorry, Gogurt. I'm trying to think of a goo pun that's like even half as good as gluttonous tube. <laughs> we, we might need to call I would, it. I would be... <laughs> oh, never mind then. No, Jeff, no, say no, your words. No. I was going to be a Vargu. <laughs> the only the only goo tube that eats you back and if you fail your save, your head pops off and turns into another goo tube creature. <laughs> turns into another flying goo tube. <laughs> a goo tube with bat wings. Yeah. Solid. Nice. See, at some point somebody said goo punch, and now I'm just hearing the song from My Brother, My Brother. and No, not My Brother, My Brother. What's the show? The old Nickelodeon show. Uh, oh, Pete, Pete, and Pete. Pete and Pete. No. No, it wasn't Pete and Pete. It was like, it was something about two brothers. It's not My Brother, My Brother. I mean, that's, that's a podcast. <laughs> but they had a neighbor whose name was Goo. And at some point, he made Goo Punch. Goo Punch. What was that from? The kid was dancing, and he would say, The Brothers Garcia? Yeah, we can Google this. No. That was from 2000. Drake and Josh. I think it's older than that. This is from... Who remembers Goo Punch? Goo Punch, Nick 90s, from this... My, it's called My Brother and Me. It's My Brother oh, and Me. Oh, just the one brother. Yeah. Just the one brother. I was going to say, that's what their my brother. thing is a play on. Yeah. I was going to say, that was a that was the show. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I remember the song, Goo Punch. Yeah. It's just like tattooed on my psyche. Goo <laughs> Punch. All the ladies, Goo Punch. <laughs> no, right. That's all I know of it. Mm-hmm. That was That's great. Oh, my God. And I remember looking at this uh, the title card now. Yes, I do remember that show. Now I need to know what Goo is doing now. <laughs> All right, so we're on to the next Sorry, one. Sorry, I was so distracted by looking up this show. I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, all right, this is this is one of my favorites um, from Triple Chooch Cat, I think. How do each of your characters answer this question? Is a hot dog a sandwich? Jero, you've received special instruction to answer as both Vargas and Alowin. Sam, um, wow, you need to do the Drifter, Hellion, and Sanvo. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I think let's just rattle him off. Yes. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Get, uh, Vargas would say yes, it is, and Alowin, as a fruitarian, would not know what a hot dog is. Sam. Why would a hot dog be something you would eat between two pieces of bread? It's just walking around on all fours, is what Asher would say. Oh, it just makes me even sadder. I think the drifter would just stare at you for like a full minute in silence before eventually saying, I do not consume human food. I do not know how humans would classify food. Um, Abadar categorically says no, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Sanville Trent absolutely says a hot dog is a sandwich. 
Oh, well, then I have to change my vote. Sandville's like, did you find one? That's mine. <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> um, he is definitely like chaotic sandwich where even a Pop-Tart is a sandwich for Sandville Tret. Oh, absolutely. Pop-Tarts arrive evenly. Um, whereas I think Hellion would swing the other way and say a hot dog is not a sandwich. He's a sandwich purist. Solid. Way to go, team. That makes sense. That was a, that was a good, quick round there. Um, okay, we got another one, I think, from Triple Cheech Cat. What do the VC4 or the VL2 plus A and B change their name to after inheriting their <laughs> godlike power of accidents through the opaque Tim Allen Santa Claus style process from episode 121? Have to look up which episode 121 is. I think, was that when we killed... Uh... Perkus, did we make a joke that we yeah we now got like, are, the Santa uh, Claus like yeah <laughs> oh yeah the Tim Allen yeah. law yeah we've Put now become the uh... <laughs> no no yeah. it's where you narc out all of your friends for cocaine dealing and then become an actor later <laughs> no I'm kidding and become a famous actor later <laughs> instead of spending the rest of your life in jail uh, yeah no uh, that's that's not what we did because this party doesn't snitch um, but. Yeah, what what did we rename our party after that? Well, we're going to have to rename it again either way, so. Masters of Disaster? We didn't, we're, we're workshopping it. Yeah, that one's You know, yeah, you only like sent this to us Zor. about. Uh, <laughs> We've only had like four months. Five months. Not, not five, even five months. Five, <laughs> no, five and a half months. months. <laughs> oh, that's barely even a third of a year. And change. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What what do you expect of us? I mean, come on. What are we content uh, creators? But yeah, no. We're uh, working on it. Uh, get back to team. us on that one because I mean, especially now, uh, far before you asking this on the seventh of June, as a sweet summer child, <laughs> would you not know that our party composition would change even more? So drastic. So, so drastic. Um, yeah, we'll come back to that one. That's a solid question for the next time we do machine learning solid in two question. and a half years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mash and Ninny, what's your favorite alien? Oh, Alf. Hands freaking uh, down, Alf. Maybe it's gotta Mork. be Uncle Martin O'Hara. It's I was the name of the show. Mork, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I took Mork. I feel <laughs> no, that's bad. cool. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched Alf in a long time, so I don't know if it like holds up. Nor that apparently almost killed its cast a lot of times because the <laughs> sets were like a death trap because they had like a bunch of trap doors everywhere so they could pop the puppet out and people kept falling in them. <laughs> what I like puppet? The, before the description where you're just like, it just really tried to kill a cast over and over. That puppet demanded blood. <laughs> and I would have believed you. <laughs> I mean, considering I, they were falling in the hole the puppet came out from, you're kind of right. So you saying Alpha Xiphus the whole time? Cats. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just a cat eating yeah. Xiphus. What was his... Didn't Alf have a name? What was his name? And no one ever called him it. They learned his name like his name a Alf? season in and then refused to ever call Does him Alf, by is it. Alf no, African? he has like a normal human name. Like alien yeah, life form? Yeah, it's alien life form. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, Gordon Shumway. Shumway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gordon Shumway. I do not remember that at all. 
Not to be confused with Gordon Sumner, who is Sting of the police. <laughs> hey, that's another Only Murders in the Building reference right there. Solid. Um, Elf. Also Elf. It's weird that Elf got a, a spot on oh, Only wow. Murders. Okay, I do love this, though. To avoid wear and tear on the principal Alf puppet, the performers rehearsed with a crude early version of oh, Alf, God. nicknamed Ralph, <laughs> which was either rehearsal alien life form or repulsive alien life oh, form. Oh, not repulsive alien Fusco life did form. not like to rehearse and would often substitute his hand or Ralph for the real Alf puppet, which was kept safe during rehearsals. I mean, you got to avoid Thank that you wear and tear. Tuning into Alfcast. This has been Alfcast. Oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> Can you imagine how much better Alf would be if Selena Gomez was on it, though? Mm. Fair. And Tim Curry. Well, that's what all that AI development is for, so we can put Selena Gomez into shows that aired before she was alive. <laughs> Whoa, there was a person who was Alf, as well as a puppet. Yep. Mihaly Micho Mizaros. Uh, born in 1939, died in 2016. Wow. Was a Hungarian actor, circus performer, entertainer, and stuntman. As an American citizen, he was best remembered as a performer with the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey, as well as his role on Alf. He was two feet nine inches when he. Oh, so like any Alf. scene, I guess, that they had to have him like walking around. Yeah, for the first scene of the Alf, Alf he, he donned the costume for any scene of Alf walking, running, or standing. So Alf was not just a puppet. Thank you again for tuning in to Alfcast. (laughs) Where we read Wikipedia articles to you for Patreon dollars. Uh, Okay, we got uh, this next question is a very important one. If we uh, get to that, though, I'll let uh, our host read it. Oh, please. No. Uh, Sam, how many cats do you have? That's from might be Sam or, you know, Corey. Um, I think at this point I have exactly <laughs> cats. The world may never know. Oh, you broke up a little there. <laughs> we know it was at least four syllables. <laughs> That's got to put us in like the five digit numbers. There's, I mean, I said the number. I've said it on two different podcasts now. What more do you want? Yeah. Would you type the number into our chat? In the Twitch stream, is, is it going to be like Mr. For Burns typing in his like, age as his pin number, and it's like six <laughs> super exclusive content? All right, I sent it. That's not a number. I don't believe it. Oh, there it is. Yep, there it is. Now we know. <sighs> now we know. Now, and Corey will never know because she's not here. Yep. Yeah. If Corey was here, we'd actually been able to have uh, laid that to rest, but that's what you get for missing. Uh, we also have, though, another Corey question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you want to try to read that whole thing oh, out. I'm not going to do that to the listeners. <laughs> I think it'd be funny for 10 seconds and then no funny. So we'll do the first six digits. I'll do it. Go for it. <laughs> Okay, uh, another question for Sam from Might Be Sam. Uh, 
I think that's 10 seconds. But it goes on quite a bit longer. Do you have an answer for that, Sam? No. Is that your answer? Is no the answer? Or because it is a yes or no question. It is a yes or no question. Or is it? Yeah, no. I don't know. Answer. Can you read binary? Or look at the general. That might help chat. Answer oh, the but question. I mean, that is that's the, that's the. I mean, is that the trick? Because mm. if you say no, then you read binary, so the answer is clearly yes. Oh, this is just like that riddle with those. Two Never guys. ask a binary question to a Sicilian when death's on the line. <laughs> So clearly, That's I cannot like answer the land more in Numeria. Of me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listen, yeah. this could be easily settled by sending in a photograph that has then been partitioned into 16 squares and asking Sam to identify the motorcycles. That way we can figure out if Sam is or is not a robot. Oh, while I have you and all if here. if it's anything like any capture I've ever had to solve, there are no motorcycles in it, just a mailbox. Well, so so, you all, computer people being that you are, do you include the guy on the motorcycle as part of the motorcycle? Because I recently failed a CAPTCHA. Not because I'm a robot, because I'm dumb. I, I include anything that I think has a part of the motorcycle in it, even if there's like that one little sliver on an otherwise empty square. Mm. <laughs> I hate contributing to the knowledge that CAPTCHAs also glean. So I will get it wrong and avoid websites that use them sometimes, if I can. Let's Otherwise, no, I'm going to avoid the guy on the motorcycle because I'm not thinking about him. Unless there's a little sliver of seat. Sure, exactly yes. that. Okay. Uh, one quick little mini story to go with that. Uh, the joke I made earlier about the mailbox is because for a while, the Rooster Teeth website was using CAPTCHAs to... If you had a VPN on, which I always have a VPN on, and had to log into their site, they'd make you fill out a CAPTCHA. And they had one that kept coming up that I kept failing because I refused to identify a mailbox as a uh, fire hydrant (laughs) in there. Please select all the... And I'm like, that's not a fire hydrant. I'm not selecting it. And I would just have to keep reloading the page until I didn't get that CAPTCHA. It's a machine learning featuring my roommate in the background. Uh, (laughs) All right. We're on to our last question again, unless anyone pops into chat at the last minute. Uh, This question is from a loyal listener who shall not be named. Uh, It's been three years. What is or what's been your favorite part of doing the pod? And what's the most challenging part? And no, I'm not asking this because I'm editing a particularly annoying episode at the moment. (laughs) Uh, That question asker. Uh. I'll go, because I am close with the question asker. Um, Favorite part of doing the pod, not to be like super gross about it, but honestly, it's the community. It's just, uh, I started playing TTRPGs in 2020, about (laughs) three months before I joined the podcast. And those those first initial months, I didn't have like local friends, because it was, you know, the, the, what's it called pandemic i didn't have friends to play with here so i looked a lot online and those online experiences were rough a lot of the ttrpg community community is not great if you are not a straight white dude 
So that was like, I was like, well, I'm done here. I hate it in this place. I'm never coming back. Um, and then I met you all and things changed completely and immediately. And so I'm super glad that we're all friends, like five of us specifically, but also the community at large, the Discord. I think you're great people. Um, I want to meet you all personally and hug you unless you're not uncomfortable, well, unless you're uncomfortable with hugs, at which point I will give you a high five, a handshake, or a fist bump. Um, thank you for being incredible people. You're the best. Uh, that's the most challenging part. Um, I actually learned doing this podcast that I have an auditory processing disorder and don't absorb spoken information super well. Um, which is which has been fun for trying to piece together the story. I feel like I'm often 18 episodes behind. Uh, I don't pick something up until it's been told to me three times, and this is a quick-moving podcast. Um, I don't have Jeff's uh, affinity for note-taking, so it's a lot of listening back to episodes and being like, oh, that's how everyone else knew that was going to happen. Of course. Um, it's been a real learning curve. Fortunately, have very patient cast members who don't mind me asking questions that Sam literally just answered seconds ago. Thank goodness. <laughs> who is next? Zach, you moved your mouth. Okay, so mine's like less general because Izzy gave the best answers. Not because they know anything about this question or the person who originally posed it to us, but I would say my like high point was honestly playing forget me not because i felt like that was the stupidest that we've collectively <laughs> gotten with each other and like in a way that that deeply like uh, builds affinity with people like in a way that like you know staying up all night with someone or doing something that pushes you way beyond your bond like your bounds of, of normalcy there was just something about playing the characters and Forget Me Not and her inability to get out of the van or do anything that really just um, like deeply endeared me to playing this pod. Aside from the fact that like, you know, for a lot of us and for a lot of people that listen to podcasts like this, um, for the years that I listen to podcasts like this, I, aside from my like Skull and Shackles game, struggled to keep like a consistent game because of lives or anything else going on but generally as we get older like most of my podcast or like most of my Dungeons and Dragons experience was in my like teens like when I had time to play 3.5 and 2 and, and whatnot um so I mean I like it it is to give my like my answer it's like amazing that a, a bunch of originally strangers could commit to like meet each other almost every week for years and do something um, that I haven't been able to convince like friends of mine for like decades <laughs> to even be able to like finish filling out a character in like 5e let alone Pathfinder so like those are the the good uh, specific and the good general about this um, honestly the hardest was the Asher episode so like little behind the curtain my grandmother died right around when Brixby died so um it's my like only living grandmother my families are very small um so like when carrie passed like it was it was right around when brisby died and was revived and then shortly thereafter like asher died and i felt like for a little while um and i mean like we're just coming out of this but for a little while like coming into like as izzy described coming and sitting down at this game was like the same trepidation that i would feel like sitting down with a therapist 
after like a particularly hard period of time and it like again almost speaks to like how transformative it doesn't have to be for everybody right like sometimes you can just escape and have fun but like how transformative this can be because I felt like I actually processed a lot of guilt and a lot of um, pain and through this character through this fake rat um, through his death through the death of one of his closest friends and like moral guiding lights and maybe the most inspiring person that Brixby has ever met um, like I felt like having to record those episodes specifically recording like a eulogy for Asher was like so hard but like incredibly cathartic like we were all crying so much during that episode it sucked totally sucked we love you guys but like it sucked recording that episode we looked at each other we would cry like I couldn't look at the Skype call when I would like talk mm -hmm. or I would cry more so yeah no I mean that was that had to be the hardest episode I think that we've recorded um, at least for me um, but like I don't know I mean like I love getting together with these four um, you know every week every other week depending on the, the month um, so that is that is a, also just a high point in like my life that this podcast provides now Zach you have to choose the next person Jero uh kind of echo Izzy's thing just the community is a big one and just for me, the idea just that what we're putting out is something that people enjoy like I remember when we hit like it's like oh we had 500 downloads like that amazed me let alone and then it was like oh now we're a hundred thousand it's like what on earth and then the, there were when we would like occasionally like pop into the top hundred in US gaming for like a day or two it was like just ridiculous that like people enjoyed listening to us do this because like it's fun to do and it's something that I would be doing even if we weren't recording it if it were possible to keep a schedule in that case which it probably wouldn't have been but just the idea that it's something that people enjoy and that it's bringing that to people that like we've had people like in our discord and stuff say like that it's something that they like to listen to every week or that they're excited to get caught up like just the idea that we're that we're bringing a little bit of positivity into the world doing this is always a very nice thing uh and also just doing this uh i happen to uh, sort of, I guess I want to say, apply to Sam's original post way back at the beginning of COVID. Uh, I had recently had a uh, very nasty uh, IRL issue that also caused fallout with a uh, like pretty much the largest online group I was in at the time. So I happened to pick up on Sam's thing just because I had the recording equipment I had nothing really to do and it just sounded interesting and I am so glad that I did it just for everything that has come from it just 
the people I've met and the stuff I've done and just the what we've managed to bring out to everyone and I'm still can't really believe that people do like it but I'm glad they do and that's definitely been the positive thing for me uh for the hardest part I would say in general I'm someone who gets very stressed out when we have things it's like well everybody's had to cancel and we have one episode and <laughs> as backlog is always one that's a uh stress in general though it's never been like a super big thing because I know it's not the end of the world if we miss a week or something we always have something we can pop out uh but also, uh, I'd have to kind of, as I echoed Izzy before, echo Zach on when we've had, like, character deaths and stuff like that. Like, it's one of those things where you don't expect it to be that big of a IRL thing, but it really is. And it can really, uh, more than, again, more than you expect it to hit you as actual like emotional pain when that happens and it can be bad like uh i know uh when alloin died like the the recession itself like i didn't really think that much of it because again i was on like three hours of sleep and i'm like okay i'll go to sleep i woke up the next morning and i remember i fired off a very angry uh discord message like i can't believe character died i blamed me and i blamed sam and i was very upset about it and then sam's like you know we have them like your characters have the money and stuff to bring them back if that's your decision like oh yeah but like at the time it was emotional (laughs) it's like for being like a made-up character in a made-up game and then again, like the stuff with Bricks and with Asher and just the amazing work that everyone else has done, like the speeches that Zach has given for stuff have made me tear up more than like actual real speeches I've heard in memorial to real people sometimes, which again is a weird thing to say about an imaginary character, but there's so much real emotion behind it that it's just powerful and that's a testament to how everyone plays their character because like Mm -hmm. that emotional investment is not intentional like it just happens like yeah you know there's Mm -hmm. we're just some folks who majority of us have never seen each other in person who met online at a time of like really socially disparate and disconnected so yeah no i mean it just speaks to like the level of connection that we have with each other as as people but also with the players that we bring every week i mm-hmm. totally understand yeah. yeah uh jeff oh <clears throat> oh yeah got that on mic <laughs> the uh best part similar but slightly different to what's been stated about the community for me uh the community on our on our discord is is fantastic and i'm super grateful for it but also the being a part of this like paizoverse podcast and uh you know starting off as a fanboy of actual play podcasts still am uh and becoming a creator of one and 
I didn't expect us to be a hit. That's a sentiment we all shared. Uh, but the the love and support that these podcasters have for our fellow podcasters, like the resources and the communities and the overlapping and the guest starring on like Brian, having folks come onto our Brian's was just awesome. And then you know, get into Sam and I pop over on Zone of Truth or a bunch of y'all going over and doing that uh, radio show and you know, all this that different stuff that has just been wild to be a part of something bigger than just our own little community, but just get to be a part of an even larger one has just been really neat. Uh, and yeah, the so I came at this question differently, and I was thinking, as a, as a practical, logical man, that uh, like, oh, the hardest part is the scheduling, man. That's the worst. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to, like, get ahead of the of the backlog. I hear other people, other podcasts, and I love y'all, and I'm grateful, and I'm proud of y'all for having like, oh, we're eight weeks ahead, we're six weeks ahead, we've got nine in the can. I'm like, man, that's so cool. I remember the can. <laughs> I mean, we've had that a few times. There's been times. We, never we ate. Yeah, but we <laughs> love riding on a freaking racer's head just what we normally do. I remember, tw- like, yeah, I feel like 2022, before, before mo- multiple of us moved across the country and all this different stuff. Yeah, but so life, ha- life happens, and like we were saying, you know, keeping an in-person group alive for this long is 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 tough and we've made it work we've we've dropped specials as main episodes we've you know we've found a way uh because we all really want to make sure something gets in your ears every wednesday uh but yeah that's been you know just the practical challenges of that uh and I I will share too the uh, the one thirty eight funeral, as has been said. Uh, I thought, you know, having to go back and edit one thirty seven was going to be so hard because, and it, and it was uh, also helpful to kind of process through some of that. But I was woefully unprepared uh, for the kindness and love that people would have uh, towards. Uh, a cowboy I played on the internet like it was uh, it's blown me away and it's it's made it beyond words that I could adequately express my gratitude to the other people at my table you beautiful people in the balloons uh, and you know the people in our community but uh yeah I Ret 138 wrecks me uh should I ever go back and listen to it again, it will continue to wreck me. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know how much more to say on that beyond uh, that was hard. Uh, but yeah, overall, I mean, it's totally worth it. Uh, but you guys are great. And I'm going to stop talking and say, Sam. All right. Um, I mean, echoing what everybody says about the the community 
and like just actually that people listen to this show that we're making is amazing like I mean all through my life I have obsessively made stories basically and you when you write stories you're kind of always searching for that rush of like when things click and it just really feels like you're making something that just works and to some extent like when you're doing that by yourself there's a limitation there because in the end you're in control of what happens like you can like the characters have momentum and and what you do sort of can make some decisions on its own to some extent but then when you come into running a game like this where like you know as the gm i have the world and i have like the a ton of moving pieces in it um and i know like the framework of the story but you play to find out what happens and with this group like i've never had it click so well where you get that rush of just like things working and the story just like threading itself together amazingly with uh, all these disparate parts that are like out of my control so you know it's scary in a, in a way as control freak writer who w- wants to write a story but like i i don't control the decisions that the party's making and i don't control like where everything's going and what everyone's doing i don't control who lives or dies um but like week in and week out like we wind up telling these stories that like i just come away feeling great about which is just amazing it's so rewarding from that standpoint um and then the sort of flip side of that uh, for my most challenging part is um i don't know if it's clear yet but i am a person who has a lot of anxiety um so you know there are times when like even just sitting down to play like it just hits me like the sheer kind of terror of even interacting with other human beings let alone interacting with human beings in a way that's going to be recorded and played for other human beings or like tonight like before we sat down to record I uh, was just like it was like I'd never done it before. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, what are we going to do? We're going to be on the thing and it's going to be live and it's going to be horrible. But like just coping with the anxiety of it is a continual difficult thing for me. And, and I think um, especially through the pandemic where basically I wasn't interacting with anyone who didn't live in my house for over a year. Um, this was my outlet of of actually like talking out loud to other people and um coming to terms with um the anxiety of human interaction and like also like putting a thing out there and sort of dealing with a a social difficulty that i have and like always threatens to sort of get worse if that makes any sense um and this has staved off and and helped me in a way as a person who you know will always struggle interacting with other people but you know i i do better here and i think i do better outside of here because of this Ugh. I am so glad this question asker asked that question because that was such a rewarding time for me personally <laughs> i love all of you thank you so much 
That said, that is the last of our questions, and it is getting late, and some of us live on the East Coast, so I want to be conscious, cognizant of time. Uh, we're coming up on two and a half hours. So this is going to be a long one for you who are listening afterward. Um, to our audience, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, as we've just said like 18 million times, so I will try not to belabor the point, but thank you so much for listening. We're glad you're here with us. Um, to the rest of the cast, thanks, team. Way to go, guys. Good job. Appreciate you. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and um, join ahead. me on um, STF and Friends. Um, November 27th, we'll be playing Traveler. And um, join us. Such a good system. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have I'm never played a game of Traveler, but I have made several characters just because character creation is its own fun little minigame. <laughs> Bless you, Adam, and all that you the rest of the folks on the pod for connecting with our pod and other pods. I'm so excited to listen to that. And I think that's... And thank you, Jeff, for holding that beer up to your mouth the entire <laughs> evening. It, oh, that's it cold brew, cold sir. Brew. Oh, I'm sorry. Cold brew up to your mouth the entire evening. Remain perfectly safe. You know, there's commitment to a bit, and then there's commitment to a bit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Gotta hold up that cold brew. <laughs> As they say. Proverbially. <laughs> that is a thing that people say. Speaking of things mm. that people say, Sam, you have to say the thing. No, you get to say it, Izzy. Say it. Say it. Say Take it? the okay. power away. Uh, Take you're hosting. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, then, um, is it It's just good, good night? Or everyone goes to bed. I actually don't know the thing. Oh God, what's happening? I'm panicking. Someone take away the power. You're going to bed. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. The last time we did a machine learning exact ended with "I'm going to the bathroom." Just forgot about that. He's so bad. Yeah, and we just. And I think we all still said good night after. So I mean. Are you going to bed or the bathroom? I'm going that's to the kitchen. The important question. Actually, it's dinner time. Okay, that's fair. That's third way. That's that's fair. My least favorite game show. <laughs> good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good dinner, Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. And stream has ended. Yay! Well, that was fun. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Waveforms. Bring back my pig.